This week on Aliens Explored, we will be investigating the so-called UFO death riddle of Todd Morden, West Yorkshire. In June 1980, a young police officer was sent out to investigate the mysterious and very suspicious death of a coal miner named Zygmunt Adamski. This would prove to be just the beginning of a series of events that would ruin the life and career of police constable Alan Godfrey. This episode is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Toby Foams, who is one of our supporters on Patreon. Join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and find a tier that matches your pocket. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome back, listeners, to Tales from the... No! (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I'm doing completely. Oh, God, God, God. Right. Do you know how <laughs> I might leave that in? I, I might leave, leave that this in. in. I might leave this in. Let me try again, though, because we are pleased to welcome you, listeners, to Aliens Explored, the other podcast. <laughs> the other podcast. It's gone horribly, horribly wrong already. No, yes, welcome, listeners, to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast where we look at UFOs, UAPs, extraterrestrials, extraterrestrial biological entities, uh, all manner of strange and weird things in the skies, on the ground, in space, underwater, and anywhere else we can think of, and even a few places we can't. That's quite a lot, isn't it? That is quite a lot, yeah. I am one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly. So episode 134, we still haven't got it done, (laughs) have we? We haven't got a standard. We haven't got a standard introduction, but I don't want us to have a standard introduction. Really. No, I mean, like, yeah, fly by wire. Or yeah, yeah, fly without it. a safety net. Obviously, yeah. um, just in case any listeners are wondering what the hell I was going on about, check out Tales from the Twenty Side. That's uh, that's the other podcast. Well, certainly that I do, and, and you have done very extensively in the past mm. before you uh, you got really busy with regular acting work, Neil. If um, you can call it that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If you're, ever, if you're in London and you feel like playing Monopoly Life-Sized, 
Well, you won't be able to, you won't be able to escape it because it's on billboards and posters everywhere. <laughs> it is um, on sides of buses, on the escalator as you're going up and down into the metro, into the tube stations. Um, yeah, you'll see, you'll see, it's in your face all the time. And I'm Mister Monopoly. That's it. And if you want to hear us on another podcast, the one that I I got wrong at the beginning is Tales from the Twenty Side, a Pathfinder uh, role play game podcast. So, mm. like, if you've seen the new Dungeons and Dragons movie and think, I wonder what all this role play stuff is about, go listen to Tales from the Twenty Side. It's not Dungeons and Dragons, but it's of the same ilk. Mm. That's fair to say, isn't it? I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. It's like a sort of it's not so much like a board game as like a like a story, isn't it? You're making up a story as you go along. Some the games master set up the parameters of the story, and the, but the characters decide for themselves what they're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's an adventure. It is absolutely. It's an adventure. A bit like doing this podcast. That's an mm. adventure sometimes. Oh goodness, yes. So how have you been keeping, Neil? It's been quite a while since we last spoke. It has, yeah. It might not seem so to our listeners, but yeah, it has been. It's been a couple of weeks, isn't it? Because uh, mm. one or other of us wasn't available for various reasons. Um, I've just been doing the same old thing, sort of plodding along, doing my doing my Monopoly life size, which is a default six days a week. Um, if I if I I can work five or even four days a week, but usually if I have those days off, it's for a reason. It's not often. You know when you have that time and you think, I've got the day off, and usually if you've got one day off, you've got shit to do. You've got all sorts of stuff to catch oh, up on. Oh, gotcha. Even if you get two days off, there's still that. But when you're on your third day off, you're thinking, I don't actually have to do anything. I can I can do what I like. It's rare I have those days. Mm. It is rare I have those days. Usually those days are kind of forced on me by my health. It's like, mm. you know... Um, yeah, yeah. If, if I've got kind of no work booked in, I I kind of I have to be catching up on jobs. I've got I've got to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's that's good. It's always good to have regular work. Um, that's not to be sneezed at. No, for an actor, it's quite uh, quite unusual. It's well, not great. Actually, most of my acting career, I have had regular jobs, so I've been. Lucky in that respect, as long as you can count them as acting. Well, of course we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's acting, like uh, you know, role play, immersive, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's all acting work. It's not all Hollywood and you know, TV and things like that. West End stage. No, that's that's just a the the tip of the iceberg for the mm. acting industry. It's the one that most people know about, of course. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of, I was going to say, I was going to try and segue something between tips of icebergs and coal mines. Then, hmm. I did no idea. Yeah, that's a tough on one. On that's head. a tough one. You have to work on that a bit. I think. <laughs> yeah, I'll go and, and labour a point here and there. I'll I'll have something for that in about a fortnight's time. I reckon uh, something mm. will come to me in the middle of the night. It usually does. <laughs> um, yeah, so. This week's episode, uh, we are going to West Yorkshire. So not far from where I used that uh, well, from where I'm from. I'm I'm from yeah. South Yorkshire, uh, here in England. Um, West Yorkshire is, <laughs> funnily enough, to the west of 
that it, it's kind of is it is it actually a separate county? Yes, it is. Are there separate counties? Is it West Yorkshire, North Yorkshire, and South Yorkshire? Are, they, are there three <laughs> counties of Yorkshire? So, four. Well, so here's where it gets complicated. Technically and originally, Yorkshire was one county, but divided into four ridings. Hmm. You had North Riding, East Riding, South Riding, and West Riding. Then over time, that evolved into four separate counties. You had North Yorkshire, South Yorkshire, West Yorkshire, and Humberside. Hmm. Because East Riding wanted to be... Well, now... Humberside has gone back to being East Riding. So I don't know anymore. <laughs> okay. Now that we've established where we are. So you're from South Yorkshire. These events in a place called Todmorton happened, Todmorden happened yeah. in West Yorkshire. Yes, yes. And it was a series of events involving one, I suppose, fairly hapless police constable, PC Alan Godfrey. Oh, that's a that's a brutal thing to say, calling him hapless. Um, well, it didn't work. This this story doesn't work out well for him, does it? It it absolutely doesn't. It's a very unfortunate, and I would say, like a, a sad story for him. Yeah, um, but I don't think that's of his making. Not of his making, but so I suppose hapless does imply that, doesn't it? The unlucky. Yes, the Luckless. unfortunate. The unfortunate <laughs> yes. PC Alan Godfrey. Definitely. Sorry, I, I, just wanted to, I was quite surprised when you said <laughs> hapless. I'm thinking, oh, Neil's going straight in with the naysaying. <laughs> mm. Now, th- there are two, at least two separate incidents involved here, aren't there? The, that um, There are. Um, um, the, in, well, I'm going to say three. Three separate incidents. <laughs> of course, you are. because <laughs> yeah. actually four. Um, well, <laughs> so oh. it started out with the death of a a fifty six year old. Was he a retired miner? No, fifty six um, in the in the nineteen eighties. Uh, he'd have been very much active. Um, okay, yes, twenty miles away from Todd Morden, still in West Yorkshire, uh, in a place called Tingley. Yes, Zygmunt Adamski. Hmm. Um, and ironically, there's a there's a coincidental uh, connection with UFOs right there. Do you remember George Adamski that we discussed, uh, who had his photos of the chicken brooder UFO? Oh yeah, yeah. So same surname. I've no idea if they're related or not, but yeah. Mm. Um, but yes, um, so this is 1980, which I still remember <laughs> quite reasonably well. I expect you do as well, Neil. Yeah, oh, that was the year I turned 21. So yes, I, I kind of remember it. It's still kind of shocking to me when, when people say about, well, 1980 was like 43 years ago. It's like, no, shut up. <laughs> no, yeah, it wasn't. No. It can't have been. And it was. It was a long time ago, sadly. Um, yeah, so 6th of June, um, Zygmunt Adamski, yes, coal miner. Now, have you ever met coal miners? Have you ever had... I mean, it's a bizarre question, I suppose, but have you ever kind of been around coal miners? Do you... Um, I don't hang around them much. Um, I, I did work with a guy once who was a when I was in the army. 
I worked with a guy who had previously been a miner up in right. Sunderland. Right, okay, okay. I mean, growing up myself in pit villages, well, mm. a pit village, Armthorpe, uh, in South Yorkshire, um, I I can remember sort of... See, I, yeah, I grew up around coal miners, and if there's one thing I would say about them, they're kind of sensible, stoic people, generally speaking. I can't speak for this guy, Zygmunt Adamski, personally, but... As a as a group of people, they're generally very sensible, straightforward. Yeah, that's not been my experience. I mean, that might just be a Yorkshire thing. My experience is because of the the kind of environment they work in, which is volatile, frightening, potentially very dangerous, oh, potentially lethal. Dangerous. That um, they tend to be very superstitious. And they believe in all sorts of things, you know, all sorts of things that feel like a bad omen when they're going down the mines. You know, they're, they're... Yes, uh, I, I'll absolutely 100% agree with that. But that Just like soldiers on the battlefield get very superstitious about things. That because, doesn't you know, stop them being sensible. Doesn't stop them being sensible, but um, it does, you know, when you're living in that heightened state where <laughs> you put a foot wrong, you could die, mm. people do tend to get superstitious oh very much so yeah and look for yeah, lucky absolutely. charms and bad uh, bad omens and all that sort of thing so well you see i i put that down to less likely to take risks you know you, you're just not going to chance it from a spiritual point of view um yeah yeah you, would you just be, don't take chances yeah. you would be risk averse yeah yeah so um so yeah, so risk averse. Let's go with this, and, hmm. and let's assume for a moment that this Sigmund Adamski is a risk averse person. Because at fifty six years old, as a coal miner, um, <laughs> he's got to be risk averse because you know it was a very dangerous environment. Yeah. You don't get you don't get to be a fifty six year old coal, mi- coal miner without being risk averse. Um, hmm. So he goes out shopping. 6th of June. And then he disappears. Mm. Nobody hears from him again until three days later, on the 9th of June, he's found dead 20 miles away in Todmorden. He's found on top of a pile of coal. Mm-hmm. Is... I don't know whether to, to determine that as a significant thing or not, because this is a was at the time, certainly in 1980, uh, before the uh, mining industry was dismantled. Um, mm. But let's not go into the politics of that, because we'll go on no. a massive digression, you and I, I'm certain. Um, but yeah, they, so piles of coal were not uncommon in the area. Mm. So I don't know if that's a significant thing or not. Um. We'll just park that for now. So his body's lying on top of a, a 10 foot, say three meter high pile of coal mm. in Todmorton, 20 miles from his house. He was wearing a suit. Yes. Um, his his shirt, wallet, and watch were all missing. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a weird one. I mean, the wallet and watch being missing, you know, if he was mugged, that would be pretty mm. obvious. But his shirt being missing. 
Unless it was a really nice shirt. Maybe. <laughs> I I, now, again, sort of casting my mind back, um, coal miners were, when they went out, hmm. particularly the older generations of coal miners, when they went outdoors, they would get dressed up. They would wear a suit. I mean, at first I thought, Asad, why would he wear a suit to go to the shop? But actually, I think about like my grandpa, my grandfather. Was hmm. a miner, and yes, you know he would always wear like a suit well, if he went. Fifty-six out years old, he would have been born in nineteen twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in those days, people always wore suits. I remember going to visit my grandparents you know, on, a, on a Sunday. Then granddad would always be wearing. In fact, even my dad wore a suit with a, but instead of wearing a sort of office tie, he'd wear a sort of knitted tie. Yeah, and yeah. instead of a suit, he'd have a you know a, a tweed jacket with patches on the elbows but it's it's of a start people made the effort and definitely um and yeah this guy would have been yeah um, maybe a little bit younger than my grandfather but not much um only about mm. a few years so yeah so that in of itself in it, wearing a suit when well i first thought that's odd actually it's not it's not at all um mm. but yeah but his his shirt being missing is a weird one. He'd had a weird haircut as well, roughly cut. I think the uh, mm. the description was. Um, in spite of the fact he'd only been missing for three days, he only had one day's worth of beard growth. So, I mean, your your beard continues to grow after your death, does it? No, no. There's there's a whole. Oh, right. Yeah. Here's a bit of. Trivia information. It's a common misconception that the hair and nails continue to grow after you die. Um, Mm. What actually happens is once the body dies, it starts losing all its moisture, all its water, Mm. and the skin starts to recede. It, It starts to shrivel. And that gives the appearance of the nails and hair growing longer. And hair, yeah. So but when they open someone's coffin and they seem to have claws and uh, and fangs, yes, yes absolutely, yeah, that's caused um, by the body yes. shriveling around the teeth and and nails. Okay, exactly so that. so I mean, there seemed to be a suggestion that this he'd been missing for three days, but only had one day's growth. That he'd been somewhere there where only one day had passed in wherever he was, while three days had passed here. But really. It, it just, or, to me, it just or, implies that he was. That, I mean, it doesn't actually say in this. I'm reading Sky History, and I read in, in Wikipedia as well. Didn't actually say how long they thought he'd been dead. No, no. Well, I mean, let's not forget. Forty years ago, you know, things were not as um, precise as perhaps they are today. Not as um, precise, but I think they could have t- decided. Well. Well, you would have thought, guys been so. freshly killed, or whether he's um, been dead. Maybe a few some days. details were just not reported because it was considered unimportant. Perhaps I don't know. Maybe I honestly don't know on that. They, um, they, they seem to be making something about the the three day, the one day's growth of beard, despite being missing for several days. When actually, all that could indicate was that yeah, he's just been dead. Yeah, he'd, he'd had a shave the day before. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's that's quite a possibility. I'm yeah. more than willing to recognise that. But yes, it does. 
Yeah, that yeah, I get I get mm. what you're saying there. They're implying a connection between three days missing, one day's big, but yeah, yeah, but it, yeah. It, it implies certainly that he's not been dead for three days, or it, does it? But they don't actually say it. No, there's, there's other signs that he'd been he was freshly killed. Yeah, body's still warm. No, I mean I can definitely. Um, kind of put that to one side and just say that's kind of yeah but yeah yeah another possibility they say well he's been gone three days but he's only got one day's growth of beard maybe the person who roughly cut his hair gave him a shave too yeah yeah could be could be um but he was found now again they they didn't i i couldn't find anything about cause of death uh in his um no in his thing but he was reported as having um so there, there is a bit of the coroner's report available um mm. which is that he had mysterious burns around his neck head and shoulders that had been treated with some kind of strange ointment that defied analysis yeah by forensic scientists. Also, another little thing I want to point out, really nitpicking here, it said that while he was wearing a suit, his shirt, wallet, and watch were all missing. So they don't even say that it was the suit that he went out in. I mean, can we assume that? Or did I'm, yeah. I'm personally going to assume that. I think if it was a different suit, that would have been very noteworthy. Um it doesn't say whether he had a wife and kids. No. What he's um, because if he if he was a guy who lived on his own, then who would be, who would really know what was his suit and what wasn't? I mean, I know these days, maybe not back in nineteen eighty, forensic investigators when they find the body, they can tell if this is a a body that that died wearing those clothes or a body that has since been dressed. Yeah, some someone's dressed the corpse in something else. Mm. They can tell. I don't okay. know how. But. I yeah, that would be way beyond me. I th- I think mm. it's safe to assume. I, I like the attention to detail there. Um, I think <laughs> yeah. it's safe to assume that it's the same suit he went missing in, or it was his own suit. Because tying that into the mysterious burns on his neck, head, and shoulders. That would be consistent with his clothes catching on fire and the burnt clothes being thrown away and someone dressing him up in another suit which they maybe picked up from a charity shop or something. Well, let's not... um, Let's not forget, burns can happen a variety of ways. It's not just about, like, from Mm. fire or heat, but friction can cause burns as well. Radiation can cause burns. Electricity um, and and chemicals, of course. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. Now, one wild theory that did the rounds at the time apparently was that he'd been killed by the KGB. Um, remember, this wasn't long after a Bulgarian defector working for the BBC was killed with a poisoned umbrella on a bridge in London. This guy 
um, this this spy Bulgarian agent jabbed him in the, in the back of the ankle of Carver thing it was with an umbrella. It made it look like a, an accident that kind of happened in a, a you know as the guy was going to work happened in a crowd someone accidentally pokes you the umbrella but this one injected a little a tiny little pellet which contained a poison called ricin which is extremely deadly and he died a little while after so that that was in 1978 i think so that would have been fairly fresh um but why would the kgb want to murder a minor um well what had he been before i mean his adamski is he's got a Polish. He's, he, was, yeah. he was originally Polish. Sigmund Adamski. This was also around the time of um, Solidarity. The, the, Poland was kind of in uproar against the government. It basically had a Poland had a puppet government set up by the Soviet Union, and the Polish trade union Solidarity was was striking. Um, I think there were more, not just over terms and conditions, I think there was far more politics to it, whether he was anything to do with that. Yeah, the, the, this was at the height of the Cold War, wasn't it? This was... No, so, it, very much. Um, hmm. I mean, certainly, oh, the, the, the most I can make of that is that to his colleagues, other miners, hmm. it, his death was a complete and utter mystery. Hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm inclined to think that if he were something significant in, you know, to do with polar, it, it would be people would have known his his friends, his close friends, and in you know, there's there's a whole thing like oh, you hear it talked about with battlefields. Again, another little. Fact, trivia mm. moment here. Um, so we've all heard the phrase, uh, blood is thicker than water. Mm. But people get it completely and utterly the wrong way round. Because the full quote is, the blood that is spilled is thicker than the water of the womb. And what it actually means is that people who spill blood together, you know, soldiers who fight together, people who face dangers together mm. are closer than people who just happen to be born from the same parents okay because um the, the most the, the first meaning i was ever told was blood is thicker than water was that actually your family would always be closer to you than anyone else you happen to meet that's the water that's, the water of friendship versus the blood of family that. But the original version is the exact op- well, not the exact opposite. It's not you know, strangers are not close than family, but but people who form bonds in difficult, dangerous situations. And again, as we've said, you know, the mines were dangerous situations. People who became friends through mining together mm. were incredibly strong. You know, that's an incredibly strong bond and friendship. Now, Yorkshire people are famously. Um, I'm, I'm really the exception to the rule here. Um, you know, very stoic people, very, um, mm. you know, don't show emotions very easily. Oh, but I can tell you the um, miners, yeah, that w- they stuck together. And that's one of the things when you look at the miners' strikes and, and the solidarity that they showed with each other. It's mm. why people who 
miners who went into work during the miners' strike, that was such an abhorrent thing, is because that was betraying your brothers, that was betraying your your fellow yeah. miners, and oh, what a like despicable yeah. thing. The, the rancor that that caused, I think it still exists today. It absolutely The does. children of um, miners uh, hate, hate other children, children of other miners who they consider to be traitors. But also, I mean, the, 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 the kind of corollary of that is that you know, people who, are, who have been through something together, like miners, like soldiers on a battlefield, they are bonded by that blood. But at the same time, they can become alienated from their family, soldiers returning home on leave, who find members of their family who have never been near a battlefield telling them about you know, what they think they should do and whatever. They, they, they realise that they have nothing in common with these people. I can't even have a conversation with you because you think you know it all, but you've never been anywhere near a battlefield. Um, so they, 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 they're kind of driven away from their family by that experience and driven to what they call the armchair, armchair generals. Mm. All the people back home would say, "Oh, well, you should do this and you should do that." Well, yeah, if you've, you've ever been there, you know, you know, you're talking bollocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So coming back to the whole potentially the KGB thing, I think his his fellow miners would have had some inkling that there was some reason why that would happen. But no, they were utterly mystified. Couldn't mm. understand it. Um, yeah. This is a guy who does a dangerous job and then ironically comes to a sticky end on his day off, just going down the shops. Going to just the goes shops. to show, doesn't it? When your numbers up, your numbers up. We've we're coming up to twenty seven minutes in this podcast. We are, and we haven't even mentioned PC Alan Godfrey, who was the uh, the the Bobby who was sent out to investigate this, uh, or to to recover this body. Well, I'll tell you what, let's make this a two-part episode because I think this this whole situation absolutely warrants it. Um, mm. And let's... Um, so let's round it off by mentioning P.C. Allen Godfrey. Um, he's the man who was sent out to investigate when uh, Zygmunt Adamski's body was found because he'd worked in Todd Morden. And speaking to reporters, PC Godfrey said there was a possibility Adamski had been abducted by aliens. I am open-minded, he said. I can't rule it out. Mm. Yeah. Words which... that would come back to haunt him. <laughs> oh, wouldn't they just? Well, I'll tell you what, listeners, make sure you tune in next time to find out how they haunted him and why as uh, we continue this this series of events and focus next time more on PC Alan Godfrey um, because Zygmunt Adamski was just the beginning of the tale. Mm. So look forward to that one. Uh, yeah, in- definitely. We'll, we'll actually get to the point next time. Shall we? <laughs> well, no, I think I think the whole Sigmund Adamski thing that's an important aspect to this. I think because it's in the same area, and and this area of Todd Morden has become quite the UFO hotspot. Um, mm. Certainly, over the last forty years. So, so I think it's, it's very, very relevant, and it's very relevant. I think that um, that 
Alan Godfrey was the police officer sent out to investigate because because of what happened later. But spoilers, let's not uh, mm. let's not give away that until next week. So make sure you do join us next week, listeners. Um, and in the meantime, um, you can let us know what you think about Zygmunt Adamski's mysterious death. You can let us know via email, aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can message us on Facebook, on Twitter, by commenting on one of our YouTube videos. Uh, you can, if you become one of our Patreons, you get to join our Discord channel where you can chat about this and other episodes and other events and all sorts of things get discussed there so uh, so that's worth checking out links to all this are below and in the meantime keep watching those skies over west yorkshire over south yorkshire over east riding or on the side or whatever the hell it's called now and of course everywhere else just keep watching this take care catch you yeah, catch you next time bye bye Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit aliensexplored.com.